to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right. That was so to the point and delivered. I didn't know what to – I felt like I'm getting ready to get a sales pitch for something. You know what? I don't need an extended warranty on my car or new siding for my house. I mean – Hi, how are you? uh, That was funny. That was good. And, you know what uh, might be better though? I let let me try it again. Let me let me see if this works. How does this sound? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that that is voice mod, ladies and gentlemen. I, I downloaded it, um, so I sounded possessed. So that was pretty cool. Mm, yeah, I mean, it, it sounded like you wanted to ask me if I want to play a game. <laughs> but uh, you want to play a game? <laughs> we'll get to that point though. We'll get to that. Well, see, here's the thing. Spoiler to everybody listening. When we get to that point, like you could do that. You can ask if I want to play a game, and we'll lead into our game. We'll, Sounds like we'll, a plan. We'll, do that. we'll we'll spoil that ahead of time. Here it is. We're gonna let this thing roll, and we're either gonna it's gonna either be funnier than hell, or we're gonna bomb horribly. And uh, <laughs> let me. Uh, I, I better take another drink of beer because I feel like we're uh, we're knee deep in this shit already. We just started. <laughs> knee deep in a pile of shit. That's right. Twenty twenty three off to a bang. Hey, you know what, though? It's uh, the day after this is released. It is Friday the 13th. I feel mm-hmm. like for uh, ho- horror fans and a horror podcast, that feels like a, like, you know, a little bit like a holiday type thing. So uh, I, right. I feel like on Friday the 13th, I'm going to have to watch something, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees related. And, uh, you know, you know that a lot of times my tendencies, as we've said it a million times, uh, it'll probably wind up with me watching Jason Takes Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> or part three or four somewhere in that vicinity. So maybe all who knows? Maybe maybe we'll just binge them all. Who? Well, there's a couple there that I don't. Except for you Jason know, we, except for Jason X, we had that discussion already. Oh man! So if you're still with us, and I I don't know why you would be, but if you are still with us, thank you for listening. To make sure wherever you are, do you subscribe to us? We're on all the podcast plat podcast platforms, and maybe I should have taken that last drink of beer. <laughs> and we're also on all kinds of social media. So wherever you're at, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox. Uh, TikTok, we're all on all those. L- uh, look us up. We're at Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. Uh, real quick, if they're uh, not too embarrassed to be associated with this, thank you to Kayla and Monica, our wives, for all their support and uh, everything they do to help us. Uh, they they may not want to at all be associated with this shit show any longer, but uh, so be it. They knew what they were getting into when they said, I do. So, uh, and as always, we'll mention it again later, but we do talk movies in this podcast. So uh, there will be some things that will be spoiled. So you've been warned. Uh, so I, what do you, what have you been watching? Anything good uh, been on the uh, viewing schedule for you? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I watched a few different things um, and I won't say yet, but obviously I wouldn't watch the movie in theaters. And if you follow us on social media, you, you'd see what movie I saw in theaters, but we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Um mm-hmm. But I watched uh, three movies uh, since we last spoke, and um, actually they're a little bit of all over the place. So I watched a movie on Netflix called Things Heard and Seen. Um, it's from 2022. Um, it's actually pretty cool. It, honestly, it's not as scary, in my opinion, as it is suspenseful, but it, it's still kind of in that territory. It is a paranormal movie. Um, it's about a, a family in, I believe, like the 70s. I, I, I want to say probably 70s or earlier. 
um, move into a uh, basically a small town of New York into a new house. And uh, kind of long story short, there's some really sketchy shit happening in the house, uh, ghost wise. And um, honestly, it's got some. It has a lot of really good lead up. Um, it's not. It's a kind of a long movie. It's over two hours, but it's pretty good. Um, definitely, you have to really be paying attention because you'll you'll miss a lot of stuff if you're not like honed in and focused. <laughs> um, yeah, have to be the right mindset for that, you know, to be a to be focused. Right. No, 100%. Because there's some movies you can just watch and it's like, yeah, it's whatever. But sometimes these movies, they require a lot more, I would say, focus and intention than, than normal. Um, and then the other movie I watched, and actually you watched it too, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. I watched The Menu, which is on HBO. Yeah. Me too. Um, let's let's talk about The Menu because we didn't, we didn't review that when it was out. We got... Man, I'm telling you right now, and we're not going to rate anything like that. We'll just we'll just discuss it a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you, flat out, I fucking love the menu, man. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a, I thought it was very creative. Well, what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think the the funniest thing about it is that the movie is supposed to be it's it's supposed to be kind of like a comedy. You know what I mean? It, it's almost supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of like humorous because I mean the the entire movie is about like this chef who basically is just like fuck rich people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and honestly, it has a lot of really interesting political commentary, um, but it's not like uh, super deep. It's honestly just kind of like humorous. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. personifies the concept of eat the rich, which is kind of a common phrase these days. And I'm not going to talk about politics on this podcast, but yeah. um, it, it's wild because you're watching <laughs> it and it, it almost feels you know, kind of satirical or whatever, you know, as you're watching. Right. It kind of then it gets to that point with the the sous chef and the, and the mess, and yep. it's like, and that comes up. And you're like, holy fuck, what the happened? Just what? You know, I mean, there was some stuff kind of happening, but man, when it got to that point, you're like, oh, this this took a turn. It it was shocking. Like, I mean, it it, it almost kind of took my breath away because I was like, you know, what what the hell's happening? And then boom, and I'm just like, holy shit. But no, yeah, the menu's great. Ralph Ralph Fiennes, I haven't really watched much of anything that he's been in other than like Harry Potter when I was younger, because uh, he's Voldemort. Uh, but uh, outside of that, I really haven't watched much with Ralph Fiennes in it. Um, but obviously, he was fantastic. Nicholas Holt, I believe his name is, is in this. He's obviously yeah. fantastic. Um, Anya Taylor Joy, obviously fantastic. I mean, I could literally say that about everybody. John Leguizamo, obviously fantastic. I love John Leguizamo. Um, but no, yeah, yeah he's, absolutely. he's in all kinds right. of stuff here lately. It's wild. He he is actually, there was another movie I watched not recently, but like, uh, I don't remember well, he, when it was now, but he was, in he was it. in violent night and, uh, right. But, uh, but there, it seems like, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying he ever really fully kind of went away, but man, he's really having a resurgence here lately. Yeah, no, I remember the movie. It was American Ultra. It's not a horror movie. It's just a kind of like an action movie with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Um, yeah. It's pretty good, but he was in that, actually. I saw that not too long ago. But uh, but no, back to the menu, though. The menu is great. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on HBO Max. So if you have a subscription to HBO Max, great. Um, I would honestly, I don't know if HBO Max offers free subscriptions, but I would take advantage of a free subscription to check this out personally. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I I don't know if they still do that. That might be like an early 2000s things when all these web, websites were still new and they're <laughs> like, hey, if you sign up, you get a free month. Um, yeah, I, I abused that plenty back in the day. But uh, what did you think yeah. about the menu? What, what else do you want to add Man, to that? I, I just I love it because here's the thing. I'm 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 
100% a foodie, right? And uh, right. me and my wife, we, we watch, you know, we watch some cooking shows and everything, and I like them. And it, it's a, uh, and I and I like watching those things, you know, to see these, uh, you know, the dishes that are a little uncommon, right? And you got some of that in this, so it was like, it was kind of scratching that side of my brain. And then, uh, and then you add in some of the shit. And I just, I thought it was very creative how how she kind of overcame him, how she tapped yeah. into, you know, it, you know, the simplicity of of you know, maybe, you know, kind of, I got the feeling it was kind of, you know, his roots and how, you know, why he was getting into what he was doing, being a chef. And um, it was very, it was kind of, it was very clever, very well acted. It was a gorgeous movie and very well shot. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and when I watched it, I thought back to our, you know, our 2022 review. And I thought, now what, if I had seen this at that time, would this have changed anything? And I oh, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It would have definitely at least made an honorable mention for me. But I'm telling you, as I sit here, it probably at least would have knocked Barbarian out of my top five. I would almost almost agree because, like like you said, it it, it was just one of those things. Because last year, the thing that I think that we were missing as as horror movies in general was nuanced comedy horror, and I think that this movie is the perfect f explanation of like a very nuanced, a very well thought out comedy horror. It's not stupid comedy. It's supposed to sort of be like that intellectual comedy. Obviously, it is not that. I don't want to say intellectual because, like, you have to be smart. But, like, it's smart about how it makes fun of people, if that makes sense. Because I'm not one of those snobby people that, like, um, you have to have at least 120 IQ to understand this movie. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it was good, though. I, I definitely would agree. I think it probably would have been hovering around that number five position or maybe an honorable mentions, depending on how I was feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think, like I said, I love Barbarian. I, I feel comfortable with what we did. I am, I guess, a little disappointed. Maybe we didn't see it in 2022, but right. since we started late in the year, we were kind of really <laughs> trying to, yeah, we were catching up. We were really hitting a lot going on. 2023, you know, we're, we're in the groove, and, 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 and uh, I think it's a much better start. So, uh, yeah, I love the menu, though. I, I really thought it was a... Uh, it was a great movie. I, I really enjoyed it a yeah. lot. And, and again, though, say what you will about our list, though, it does drive home and reiterate the point we made of how good a year 2022 was for for horror movies. I mean, you just oh, yeah. add, add another another exclamation point to that sentence. Um, so uh, but I could, like I said, the menu is about all I watched, uh, at least if it's in horror. I, like I said, I, I said last episode, I'm, I'm kind of re- doing the, a Doctor Who rewatch. And, uh, you know, to me, there are some elements, you know, there's some monsters and stuff in that. Um, I've just crossed into the, uh, the David Tennant years for anybody who's knowledgeable in the 10th doctor. Oh, yeah. So I'm really getting to some of my favorite stuff. Um, but, uh, so that's, that's kind of what I've been doing and, uh, I haven't watched myself uh, again, outside of our, our movie that we're talking about, which I guess we should have mentioned you, you made mention to it a little bit. Uh, we are reviewing, uh, Megan today and we both went and saw that in theater, uh, but we'll talk about that later in the show. But, uh, Ike, this is your cue. You know what it's time for now, right? It's time for a top three, because I want to play a game. Top three. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's top three. T- I can't quit laughing. I think we <laughs> we may have to keep that. That might be a new gimmick here on the show. I, I, I like that. It does. It sounds just like <laughs> the, 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 the thing from like Jigsaw Doesn't or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, uh, But yeah, top three. In our top three this episode, we decided to pick our top three uh, favorite alien movies, and uh, we decided to narrow it down 
because man, alien movies encompasses a lot. So we kind of decided to keep it into the scary horror uh, type field because, you know, if you really branch out, I mean, you, you're talking Star Wars and Star Treks and, and all kinds of other stuff and lots of movies I like. Uh, so we had to narrow it down to something that, ha- that has at least, oh, you know, some some thriller, horror type stuff in it. So, uh, Ike, right. you got your top three ready? Oh, yeah, always. Always got that top three ready. Always. All right. Well, why don't you kick it off with what is your number three uh, favorite alien movie? Yes, absolutely. Um, first, I want to preface this by saying that I, I am almost 99% sure and certain that we will probably have no overlap in this because I was thinking about it. We, 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 Dave and I have a lot of overlap and a lot of other top threes, but I just have a very strong feeling that if we have an overlap, the only overlap is going to be the, the movie that I'm going to say in a second. Um, otherwise, I, I think I, we're going to have very different lists. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking when we when we mentioned the alien movies, I, I was really thinking uh, you and I are probably going to have very different approaches to this. I because, I, yeah. I, um, yeah, well, let's. We'll just leave it at that. Let's let's dive into it. Go ahead. What, what is your number three? Yeah. Number three. Uh, my number three is The Thing from 1982. Um, I, I This is the only one I think we might have had in overlap just because it, it is we, kind of in your in your, yeah, your wheelhouse. We, we don't. We don't. But The, the Thing was probably the last movie that I cut for my top three. And and my the, the one I went with number three, it's kind of a little questionable whether you would call, whether it fits up this horror <laughs> scary feel to me. But I went with it anyway. But uh, the thing was a was a very 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 strong candidate to make mine, but it didn't. So we have uh, probably have no overlap there. So, but go on, yeah. uh, tell me about the thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think the thing. Um, it, I it's one of those ones for me that I, I watched a very long time ago, and then probably in the last like year or two, I rewatched the thing, and then the the thing remake slash prequel type thing, um, whatever that was in the two thousands. Both of them are really good. Um. You know, the original thing, I think, really plays up on the uh, practical effects. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest thing that people remember from this is just the absolutely brutal and, like, disgusting, like, gore and, like, flesh and all that stuff. And it just has a lot of really cool effects. Um, and honestly, I, I, when I think about, like, alien movies, the thing is one of those ones that I think a lot of people don't think about when they think about alien movies. You know, when you think about alien movies, you think of... Ridley Scott's Alien. You, you think about, um, you know, your 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 typical like alien movies. So it's not your typical green headed alien movie. You know, it, it really kind of provides a sort of a subtle alien. It almost feels like a monster movie at first. But then as the movie goes on and you kind of start picking up some other details and especially kind of with the newer stuff, you definitely like, yeah, this is this is an alien. This is not what I was expecting. And yeah, love the thing. Definitely a rewatch of mine that I watch at least once a year. I'd probably say, at least try to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the thing's a, it's a it's a classic movie. It's a great movie. Like I said, when I when we came up with this, and I, I the, it was one of the first movies to pop into my head uh, because I do love the thing. Uh, it, it is a great, great movie. But uh, as I thought it through, like I said, it didn't make my top three. So uh, so that's good. We don't have any overlap there. And my number three again, I might have been playing. I think I loose. know what this is. You think so? I don't I know. So. I don't know. I don't know if you do or not. I, I play it pretty loose to the horror genre. It's not real. I don't know if it's horror. It's more action. It is a little suspenseful. There is a little bit of kind of that in there. But but we're going to go for it anyway because I love this fucking movie. My number three from 1987 is Predator. And I knew it. Did you see? I, I love the fucking Predator. <laughs> I, I love Schwarzenegger. I love Stallone. I love all those action guys. And, and I grew up on this shit. And 
I was debating whether it should make the top three. I thought, you know what? I think it's suspenseful and it's got enough, a little, a little creepy that it, I, I think it fits enough. And, um, so I, but I stuck it at three just that, you know, I kept it down there. I, again, I don't think it would knock my top two off, but man, I love predator. It's got, I mean, everything. Like I said, you know, Schwarzenegger's in it. Uh, Jesse Ventura's in it. Carl Weathers is in it. It is such a great fucking movie. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I mean, Predator, it's it's a pretty unique movie, too. It, it really, in my opinion, it really kind of, like, it defined the, uh, a genre. And I think the action alien movie genre um, is forever thankful for Predator. I mean, one of my favorite, and it's, it's kind of cheesy, but it's, I didn't put it on my list. But one of my favorite, like, alien movies is Aliens vs. Predator. And just because it's so cool. It's, it's such a cool crossover. And... Also, you have like great comic book crossovers like Predator versus Batman and stuff like that, which are really cool. So, yeah, I Predator's mean, been all over the comics, but he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's my number three. Right, so what is your number two favorite alien movie? Absolutely. So this one, this one's an interesting uh, addition, and I, I really thought hard about it, but I did my second one as 10 Cloverfield Lane from 2016. Ah, okay. So. The funny thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane is that it was not originally supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. Cloverfield referring to the uh, found footage alien movie from the 2000s. Um, but 10 Cloverfield Lane was not originally supposed to be a uh, an alien movie. Um, and they, in fact, filmed the last part of the movie, which is the part that makes it an alien movie. Um, they filmed it like after the movie was already done. Originally, this movie was just supposed to be about a guy who has a bunker and who basically traps two people in there with him because he's crazy. It has uh, John Goodman, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, Bradley Cooper's in it at some point. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, it, it's got a pretty interesting cast, a very small cast. Um, and it's great. It's great. It's, it's not your, t- again, not your typical alien movie. I think both of these are not your typical, actually all three of mine are not your typical alien movies. Um, and, and not to say that I don't like the obvious alien movies, but I, I, I do find sometimes that the obvious alien movies are kind of dry to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but they just are. But, uh, but yeah, so 10 Cloverfield Lane, that's my number two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like that movie. I, I'm, I'm not what you would say. Uh, remarkably, not a huge fan of the Cloverfield movies. I don't dislike them. But they right. uh, they didn't hook me like I would suspect they probably would. Uh, but it is a good enough movie. I think I've only seen it the one time uh, shortly after it came out. Uh, and you say yours are not the typical type of alien movies. Mine are probably a little more stereotypical. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody that knows me would be surprised by my picks. Uh, my number two, this is where we really kick in the old cheese factor that Dave loves. My number two is the, the, the classic movie. Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was going to be on your list. I knew <laughs> I, it. That's what I say. Anybody that knows me knows that I I fucking love Killer Clowns. This movie, oh my God, it is so funny. It is so cheesy. It is, it plays all, it, it's like they crawled in my head and said, what, what are the things that Dave likes in a movie, in a, in a comfort movie? And they made it. Um, I love the fucking cotton candy gun. I love it's all of it's just great. And and not to mention the fact that, that clowns are fucking creepy. And right. so, you know, they, they make the the perfect alien uh, or villain or whatever you want to call it in this. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is my number two. I love killer clowns. I watch it all the time. I'll be scrolling through and think, ah, let's watch some killer clowns. And I'm so excited. I know they're coming out with a, a killer clowns game pretty soon. I'm, I'm so yeah. excited. Cannot wait for that. So I like what's your take on killer clowns? 
Oh man, I, I obviously I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It didn't make my list, but I mean Killer Clowns is it, I would say arguably Killer Clowns from Outer Space is probably one of the best like comedy horror films of all time. I mean, literally it, it has all of the wonderful cheese of like what the it was the eighties, right? Um yep. so it has the wonderful what the wonderful cheese of the eighties, um, the practical effects and the practical costumes and I mean, like like you said, the cotton candy gun. I mean, they're literally killing people by just like putting them into these weird like cotton candy cocoons. Um, say that three times fast. But uh-huh. uh, absolutely, I love Killer Clowns. If it's on TV, I'm probably gonna put it on because it's 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 one of those movies. It's like easy listening music, but not in a bad way. It's like just it's just fun. <laughs> absolutely, love it. One of my favorite movies of all time. And again, I, like I've said a million times, I'm not trying to fool anybody and thinking it is some spectacular movie. But no. it is just it plays all into all my interests and all my likes in a movie, and it, it, like I said, it's a, it's a comfort movie for me. It's one of those movies that I throw on and it's like it just I love it. Uh, so that brings us to our number ones. Ike, what is your number one favorite alien movie? All right. So the, again, this is probably not like your typical alien movie. I would honestly say this is probably one of the most underrated alien movies that I have ever seen. I have not really heard a lot of people talk about this. But it is 2009's The Fourth Kind. The Fourth oh, Kind yeah. um, has uh, Millie, I'm sorry, Nila Jovovich, uh, Will mm-hmm. Patton, um, lots of people, honestly. There's a lot of pretty cool people in this movie. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Uh, but basically, The Fourth Kind is a, a alien, like a kind of a supernatural paranormal thriller type movie about an ongoing unsolved mystery in Alaska where a town has like a number of like unexplained disappearances over the past 40 years. There are like accusations of like a government cover up and, but it's shot in the style of like a documentary. Like the very beginning of the movie is yeah. Mila Jovovich. Like she's like, hi, I'm actress Mila Jovovich. And the movie you're about to see is a representation of the events foretold on blah, blah, blah. So it like plays itself off as like, a reenactment of the events of an actual thing that happened. And they have even like a woman who's supposed to be like the real woman from the events. And she's mm-hmm. like really sickly and she's like sitting in a chair and stuff. And it's just, uh, it honestly, it's so good. Fourth kind is such a good movie. It's very meta. It, it really plays into all of my favorite things about like horror movies. I love meta horror films. I love horror films that make you question reality. And I love uh, Mila Jovovich, so <laughs> I definitely love Mila Jovovich. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, for, I kind of forgot about this movie. And uh, yeah, it is it is really a, a good movie. And I uh, I haven't seen that in years. Uh, I may have to rewatch that pretty soon because I, I do. I very very much enjoy that. Uh, Mila Jovovich is one of my favorite movies of all time too. And she's in The Fifth Element, and I love that movie. Uh, that is that is another comfort movie of mine. And uh, I honestly uh, <laughs> almost wanted to try to see if I could wrangle away to put that in my top three but i thought oh, that might be pushing it just a little bit but uh but anyway so that brings me to my number one and you mentioned it earlier and it's no spectacular off the wall one but my number one is absolutely alien from 1979 uh this movie to me was groundbreaking it was spectacular uh it is it is sigourney weaver's awesome in it and uh, ripley to me that character is one of the best cinematic characters of all time and i think it completely redefined uh, what a female a uh, character could be in a, a horror science fiction uh, action type movie. It, it was it's a very strong character, uh, which was um, 
which was very unique in 1979. I love this movie. I love the whole I love the whole franchise uh, a lot. But the first movie to me is so fucking brown, groundbreaking and so amazing. And uh, it was the obvious choice when we thought to do this. It, I knew what it was. I knew what my number one was uh, right off the bat. Actually, I probably knew what the top two were right off the bat uh, <laughs> between Alien and Killer Clowns. Uh, so, like you mentioned it earlier, and it being kind of an obvious choice or whatever else, but but do you do you enjoy enjoy do you like the movie Alien? Yeah, you know. Um, so let, I'll, I'll answer your question, and then I'm going to give you a pretty hot take that I'm sure is going to piss somebody off. But um, I, I love Alien. I, I love Ridley Scott. I, I I love 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 Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, in my opinion, is probably one of the best actresses of the sci-fi genre, if not the best actress of the sci-fi genre. I mean, you have to think that she was like an avatar, which I would say is like sci-fi. Um, she's in this. I mean, she's she's in a lot of stuff. She's in Paul, which again, critically acclaimed movie. Um, I love that movie. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> but it is a good movie. But no, yeah, Aliens. Alien is a great movie. Um, I do think that there. Are, <clears throat> I, I I personally don't think that it has aged very well um, in the modern scope. I love Alien, and I will rewatch it to death. But I personally, and here's my hot take. I personally do not think that Alien has aged very well, and I think that Aliens is a superior movie, and in my opinion, is a the the, the definitive idea of a better sequel. I mean, you know, get away from her, you bitch. Uh, game <laughs> over, man. Game over. I mean, come on, it, it's a better I, movie in my opinion. I, 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 <laughs> I can see that argument, and I, I definitely when people always talk about sequels that that uh, did not disappoint, Aliens is definitely. Near the right. top of that list. I mean, to me, it's like a notch above, you know, a notch below Godfather 2 as far as uh, as, as sequels that, you know, are, are, you know, whatever, are in the reign of the first one. Um, or, you know, or Empire Strikes Back is another one to me that is just <laughs> amazing. Aliens is definitely a great, great sequel. Um, I think just the, the first one to me, there's a lot of nostalgia. Right. I think I watched it a lot on TV, uh, you know, when I was when I was young. I'm pretty sure I had a video copy of it and watched it a lot when I was young. Uh, so there was probably a lot of nostalgia involved there. Uh, but I will, that wraps up. Or, no, go ahead. No, I, was no, 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 go ahead. I, I will say, though, Alien does have probably one of the best and most iconic scenes of any horror movie of all time, which is the John Hurt chest burst scene. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I have to give it credit there that that was probably one of the most, I mean, incredible scenes to have ever graced a, a movie screen um, in a very long term. So I, I will say that, that that was pretty great. Otherwise, like I said, I, I have my, my, I have my trepidations, but absolutely. The <laughs> alien is a, is a, is a classic 100%. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that is our, each of our top three favorite alien movies of all time. Like I said, on social media, hit us up, let us know what you like, uh, whether you agree, disagree, throw some other titles out there, uh, interact with us. We, we like to hear all that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit of news and some upcoming releases. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams. We're going to talk uh, just a little bit about some news and upcoming releases. Uh, one bit of news, Ike, did you see the first trailer was released uh, for Bo is Afraid? Uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's a, a movie produced by A24, and it hits theaters April 21st of this year. Did you watch this trailer? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Did you drop the wow. acid before you watched it? Because man, it was a trip. I yeah, honestly, I, I was watching that trailer and I was I was very confused. Um, 
So here, here, here's the deal. I love Walking Phoenix. I love A24. So obviously I'm going to watch this movie. Uh, I am very confused about what the fuck the movie's about. But um, I, I have a kind of a rule of thumb that if a trailer leaves me questioning my own existence, I'm probably going to watch the movie. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I watched it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch this movie. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm going to watch it. Sure as hell. I, I absolutely will because I, I kind of have a an unofficial rule. I will watch pretty much anything Joaquin Phoenix is in. I oh. love Joaquin Phoenix. And, uh, and, and, and again, I love a 24 also And this movie. I'm telling you, I think there's something bigger. It's probably got a lot of, uh, I think it's kind of a deep movie, but man, you watch that trailer and I'm like, Whoa, what is going on here? This is pretty wild and weird. But Hey, I'm not saying anything bad about that because I love wild and weird. Uh, but it is kind of exciting that the first trailer is out there. And again, that movie comes out in theaters, April 21st. Uh, just a few things, a couple of upcoming birthdays. On January 12th, born January 12th, 1965, is Rob Zombie. I know Ike's talked about how much he loves Rob Zombie. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, and, and again, but anyway, a very important figure in the world of horror, uh, regardless of your opinions on him. But probably even a bigger figure in horror, uh, who was born on January 16th, 1948, is the birthday of John Carpenter. Of course, the man who gave us the Halloween franchise in the beginning of that. So, uh, that's a pretty cool. I kind of feel like that should be a listen to their screams uh, holiday, uh, because <laughs> as much as we are our Halloween franchise fans, um, and I mean, and you mentioned the thing and, and all the other fucking movies he did. Good God. Uh, oh, and yeah. that's not even mentioning, you know, the scores he's done and, and the musical side of it. Uh, John Carpenter is truly an absolute talent. Uh, and again, he was born on uh, January 16th, 1948. Uh, some movie anniversaries, January 13th, 1939, The Son of Frankenstein was released. I love that movie. One of my favorite of the universal horror movies. Uh, January 13th, 1989, same day, 50 years later, kind of a little bit of a different movie. Pumpkinhead was released. <laughs> <laughs> and then January 14th, 1981, Scanners was released. Uh, and then a couple, we got, I got one new release that just came out and I haven't seen this yet. I think we mentioned it last episode a little bit uh, on January 6th. I believe on Netflix, uh, the pale blue eye was released. Uh, it follows veteran detective uh, who's named Augustus Lander played by Christian Bale, who investigates a series of murders and is aided by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I've heard some talk about this. I've heard some people say it's pretty decent. Um, I'm intrigued. I love Christian Bale. I know Jillian Anderson was in this. We talked about that. Uh, I'm intrigued by the Edgar Allan Poe aspects. I, I love Poe. Um, I haven't got around to it, Ike, but I, I think I'm going to watch The Pale Blue Eye. Uh, is this something that you, you see being on your viewing list in the near future? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I love Christian Bale. Uh, he's like my number he, He's like my number two or three favorite Batman. Um, and, you know, whoa, whoa, so whoa, 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 now, whoa. We're stopping this whole conversation. <laughs> I know we're a goddamn horror podcast, but if we're talking Batman in cinema, Michael Keaton's the only name that needs to be mentioned. Yeah. Just, just saying. I'm just joking. Just joking. I love Christian Bale. I love that trilogy of movies. But by God, in 1989, when when Keaton's Batman come came out, I was a 14 year old comic book nerd, and you could not have been any happier than I was at that time because we had nothing. We didn't have. I mean, we had the Incredible Hulk on TV and Wonder Woman on TV and the the Adam West Batman series and things like that. But we were finally getting a superhero movie on the big screen and it was everywhere. It was merchandised to the, to the brim. So, and, and I don't give a shit. That is probably <laughs> one of my top three favorite movies of all time. And you know what? I no dis, no, no disrespect to anybody else. Michael Keaton is the perfect film Batman, but go ahead. Continue talking about the pale blue eye. No more Batman conversation. 
I, I know I just set you off, like, put you into, like, a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> but, no, yeah, absolutely. I'll watch The Pale Blue Eye. Uh, I love Edgar Allan Poe. I love that concept. Um, and, honestly, I, I would love to see them do – I feel like they could make, like, a whole series out of this where, like, Edgar Allan Poe just helps, like, solve murders. Like, I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'll definitely watch it for sure. Yeah, me as well. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's one of those movies uh, – I don't think it was something really that fit our forte to review – uh, right. per se, but uh, it, it's something that I'm sure I will enjoy watching. Uh, and one upcoming release uh, coming out on January 17th is the movie Snow Falls. It talks about a group of five friends who become stranded in a remote cabin without electricity or food during a snowstorm and become privy to the fear that the snow itself may be contaminated or evil. Uh, I watched the trailer to this and I'm not, I don't know. Like it's, it, it looks okay. looks, you know, kind of fun, but it's, to me, it's kind of that ah, that kind of that typical type horror movie that's kind of, I don't know, it's been a little overdone. You know, the group of the group of friends out, in the, you know, out somewhere and they're trapped by an evil. I'm not saying it won't be good. I'm not saying I won't give it a try and watch it. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how well I will enjoy it. It just doesn't seem like it's in my vein uh, per se. Yeah, I, I'll probably watch it just because I'll watch anything. Um I, I probably won't buy a ticket to see like in a movie theater, but I'll wait for it to come on streaming. Um, but no, yeah, Snowfalls. I, I I watched a trailer for it, and honestly, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I know for a fact Dave's probably not gonna like this because I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was thinking this is just this is just cabin fever, but with snow. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, am, I, am I that predictable? Because that's that's about the third or fourth time you said that this I, <laughs> this episode alone. I, I think this I'm episode very, I got you pegged a little bit. <laughs> I'm very passionate about what I'm into and what I like. So true. I I think I and it's not a bad thing because I, you you do have a very I would say you have a very rigorous thing set of things that you like and you dislike. You know, for instance, if I say anything about any other Batman other than Michael, oh, King, no, 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 it no, sets no. you off into <laughs> a tirade. We're, this is not open for negotiation here. Uh, please, we, we're we're only twenty something minutes into this. I, I believe the people want to hear our Megan review, so don't don't do this. Don't don't oh, don't Lord. make me storm off. Oh, Just, uh, but no, no, I won't make you storm off. But no, yeah, <laughs> I'll watch Snow Falls. I, I don't anticipate it's going to be an Emmy award winning movie. Or I don't know if nah. movies win Emmys. Is that right? Am I, did I did I say I, the right thing? I don't think so. I think Emmys are for television. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty Golden sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, Golden Globes. There's Golden Globes. There's Oscars and there's Oscars. whatever else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty me. sure. I'm pretty sure the Emmys are more television centric i don't know but I, the golden globes are for tv and film but i think the oscars are just film i don't know i don't really watch any of it um i didn't really hit on in the news i know the golden globes were last i think last night or the night before oh really uh, <laughs> yeah there wasn't a, i mean a, a whole lot i kind of i threw i do know uh uh wow i'm shooting a blank on his name what's the guy that played Dahmer uh in the, in the new oh evan peters evan peters yeah God, i cannot think of his name yeah i know he won uh won a golden globe uh so that's kind of you know kind of fits that horror kind of related um, I know Jenny Ortega didn't win, so that kind of disappointed me. I was really pulling for for Wednesday to win some stuff. So, uh, but anyway, I, I'm not getting into that. I'm not. This is not an awards talk show because I don't really watch those kind of things. Uh, another movie that's coming out. It's coming out January 17th uh, digitally. It's on Vudu and those platforms. I'm not sure what other platforms it's on, but I know it's going to be available for purchase on Vudu, etc. Uh, it's a Blumhouse movie. It's called There's Something Wrong with the Children. A family takes a weekend trip with longtime friends and their two young children. But they suspect something supernatural when the kids behave strangely after disappearing into the woods overnight. 
We are definitely going to watch this movie because this is what we were reviewing next episode. I'm pretty excited about this because we discussed it early. Clowns are creepy, but fucking kids are creepy, too. And uh, this uh, this sounds like this sounds like something I'm going to enjoy. And I'm hoping uh, that it won't let me down. I, I like Blumhouse movies. Uh, I mean, you know, we're discussing uh, one today uh, with Megan. Yeah. Um, it, and uh, so I, I think I'm going to like this. I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, to, to get to watch this. And again. If you have you have kind of a, a a suspense a horror type movie around creepy children, man. If it's done right, ooh, that triggers me a little bit. <laughs> no, absolutely. I I will 100% be. I'm excited for this movie because, um, actually, weirdly enough, my my wife sent me the uh, trailer for this, um, because she's like, oh man, we need to go see this because my my wife has a very particular taste in horror movies, and typically it's it's supernatural stuff. My my wife mm-hmm. is a is a mark for anything supernatural. She loves the insidious and conjuring movies. Not to say that I don't, I love them as well, but those are her, like that's her wheelhouse. Supernatural movies are her wheelhouse. So she's like, Oh hell yeah, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. So obviously as soon as it comes out, we're going to watch it. Um, Absolutely. But absolutely. No, I, anything to do with kids, it, it, it just, it strikes a special nerve, um, which I mean, it kind of goes back to even like skin of rink. Anytime you have a kid in a situation that's like, um, unknowing or unpredictable or anything like that, even if it's like possession, like, oh man, no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does. Cause it pulls up so many emotions because not only is there the creep factor, but man, you feel for these kids too, right? Because kids right. are kind of innocent and kids don't know. So oh, it pulls on many, many emotions and I, I can't wait to see this. And again, uh, it comes out January 17th digitally online uh, and on streaming platforms. And uh, we will be reviewing that next episode, but this episode we're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back, and we're reviewing the new theatrical release, Megan. So stick around. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, we're back here on Listen to the Screams. All right, let's talk Megan. Uh, we both went and saw this in the theater. Again, this is a Blumhouse movie. It, it hit theaters on January 6th. Uh, and the, uh, the the synopsis of it says, when Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphaned eight-year-old niece, uh, Katie, uh, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences uh, before we dive into our opinions and our review, uh, the movie did on the opening weekend did ar- around 30.2 million, which was good for number two behind the juggernaut that is the new Avatar movie. Uh, <laughs> and this is the first movie since 2012, uh, according to what I read, that opened with a 30 million dollar opening weekend in the first week of January. Uh, January, this early in the months, is typically kind of a throwaway time for a lot of these, right? They put movies that they don't have high hopes for. It's not a prime time for a movie coming out of the holidays and everything else. Uh, but Megan has performed in this role, and I think it gave it the, the opportunity to kind of be a surprise, uh, maybe not a surprise, but, but to be a, a sleeper hit, so to speak, a little bit. It's doing so well that there are reports that there's already an unrated version of this movie that is on the um, way. Uh, they're saying that there was a lot more gore, a lot more things involved. The, uh, the, the, the company made them cut some of this out, but because of the success, now there's an unrated version on the way, and the word is that they have already greenlit a sequel for the movie, which uh, we will discuss again, spoilers on all this. But when we discuss that there to me, there's a very, <laughs> obviously they perfectly or whatever you want to say, set up a, a sequel to this. Uh, before Absolutely. we dive into the movie. 
Oh, sorry. But before we do another movie, I, I said this before, and I, I hope that this movie tells us what why there's a three in Megan, right? Because you see that you know stylized everywhere, and it did. So for anybody that is curious, <laughs> wait, Megan wait, wait, stands, wait. Before you yeah. say it, I, I got something for you. You ready? Oh yeah, go ahead. You ready for this? Are I'm you ready. ready go ahead. This? Okay. Megan. Megan stands for Model Three Generative Android. Was that your Megan voice? I, I I tried to do a filter. I'm not sure if it worked. Did it come across cool? No, it did not come across no, cool at all. It. Try this one. I, okay. Megan come across. Oh, there you go. Go sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Megan stands for Model Three Generative Android. Yeah, see, I don't think it's working. It just sounds like your normal voice. What? <laughs> so I'm I just think saying, you got I'm, I really am, dude. I'm over here sitting over here trying to talk like this. Oh, man. Well, that's embarrassing. But yes, but prettier. I think it was pretty early in the film. They explained what it stood for and why the three was in there. So I was very happy that and I, I was I felt confident they would explain it. But again, like you said twice and your unfiltered voice, it stands for Model 3 Genitrive Android. Uh, so I, let's dive into this. Uh, what do you think about Megan? Um, I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I really enjoyed Megan. Um, if I had to, if I had to say anything about Megan, um, is this. All right. So I was talking to my wife when we watched this movie. Okay. And cause anytime we watch a movie, obviously me and my wife on the drive home, we're talking about the movie. We're trying to like, you know, break it down. We're trying to like give it a rating, whatever the case is. So the thing that I liked most about Megan is it didn't take itself too seriously and it didn't try and be too humorous. You know what I mean? Um, it it didn't go as far as like, cause when you think about like creepy doll movies, right? The the two that pop into my head are child's play and Annabelle. So Annabelle really drives on the seriousness, right? It's a possessed doll. It's a literal fucking demon. You know what I mean? And then you have Child's Play that kind of plays up on the humor, right? It leans almost too hard into being a comedy, which is why I don't like a lot of the Child's Play movies. But Megan did this. Megan took, I would say, a pretty serious situation, and um, which, again, spoilers, you know, our our, our main character, I would say main character, uh, Katie, um, loses her parents. She's she's orphaned. Um, yep. And Megan is used as almost as a therapy for uh, for her, basically, basically say, um, you know, hey, here is somebody to help you get through this. And. It worked, except Megan had some uh, some adjustments made to her protocols and uh, started doing some sketchy ass shit. So uh, <laughs> I think that it, it, it did really well in being funny, but not being too funny that it was stupid. Um, yeah. and I'll, 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 there's something else I want to say that I'll leave for later. Uh, but what, what was your take on the movie? Uh, well, I definitely agree on the humor. We've talked about it before. Uh, I, I like horror, uh, humor and horror. And, uh, but I don't like it when it feels like it's just forced in there. Right. I like natural humor and this, the, the humor in this had was natural, right? Uh, there was some, some, you know, some funny interactions with Gemma and her coworkers and stuff that just felt it felt natural, right? It felt like, you know, what happens when you're with coworkers and everything. And, uh, but this movie, uh, number one, the movie was just, it was beautiful, right? It was beautifully shot. The girl who was under the mask, I watched a kind of a, a little behind the scenes thing. The girl that was behind the mask of Megan was a dancer from new, I think new Zealand. Really? And uh, yeah. And she 
man, she was incredible. She, she, her mannerisms and everything else, spectacular, spot on. And, um, and because, you know, like they said, the, the, the technology was not there to pull this off, right. To, to really have an inanimate or whatever you want to call it, a, a, an artificial object, uh, act this out. Uh, so they had to use some, you know, some cinematic stuff and some, some trickery and, and whatever, but they pulled it off well because you felt like you were truly watching something that existed. Um, I, I love, like I said, the horror. I mean, it kicked off right from the beginning, right, with the spoof commercial for the whatever the Furby looking thing. Can't remember what it was, something pet. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of, you know, that that right off the bat. And um, again, I, I, I like the movie a lot. I really, really enjoyed the movie. I don't think overall there was a lot of surprise to the movie. You kind of knew where it was going, right? Even to the point of when it was, uh, they were cli- they were going up that hill. In the snowstorm right at the beginning of the movie, you kind of knew what was going to happen here, right? And and if you had seen the trailer stuff, you kind of had a feeling for what is – that doesn't make it bad, right? I mean, predictable is not always bad because like right. we've said before, you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every movie and and try to just stuff things in just to try to swerve the, the audience, right? You're, sometimes that doesn't work. And anyway, the uh, – but the movie hit on some – you know, while it – it didn't lose you where you had to really think deeply. It, it really hit on a couple of deep topics, right? I mean, like you said, we're, you're, you're, it, it's talked about death and how children yeah. have to confront death and and how that happens. And not only that, but the situation of Gemma suddenly being put in this position, you know, she didn't want to be a parent, right? But she had an obligation to her sister and promised her sister and now she had her niece, which she clearly loved her niece, but they didn't have they weren't close. So right. here you have a child who who is literally like Jim has said in the movie, literally the worst thing that can happen to a child just happened. She'd lost both her parents and suddenly she's thrust with her aunt who she doesn't really know that well and who really doesn't want to be a parent whose home is not set up for a child, whose life is not set up for a child. And that creates a natural conflict. Right. There's I mean, it's. It is what it is. Not saying that they weren't trying within the movie to to work through the situation, but it was there. Right. And, and then you had that the age old discussion that cinema has talked about many times that people have talked about many times. And that is about technology and A.I. and things like that. And uh, what's it called? Simplicity. It, it kind of feeds into that a little bit. Right. Is that is that, I mean, is that the right term I'm thinking there? Oh, right, what what yeah, happens? Yeah. Yeah, what the, happens? Uh, I mean, I know it means AI. different things, but what happens when the technology or the AI surpasses the creator? Or yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the uh, it's when AI becomes sentient. It's the uh, oh my god, I I have it's on the tip of my tongue. You keep going; it'll literally pop yeah. into my head here. In I, I know it's not, I don't know why I said simplicity, but that's just what jumped ahead. But there's that that theory, right? That discussion. What happens when you create something like Megan, who is who is made to to learn, to adapt, to grow? That's within its programming to learn with its interactions and its experiences to to grow and expand. What happens when it crosses that threshold when it feels or, or has this you know mindset, quote unquote, that it no longer needs its creator, that it has surpassed the person who's supposedly in charge of it, in this case being whether it's Jinma or Katie. It's a and singularity. Singularity. That's it. I, I don't know why I said simplicity, but singularity. That was the word I was looking for. And um, because you could see in this movie, 
like early on, right? When they were trying to have a discussion, they would tell Megan to shut down and she would shut down. And then as it got towards the end and they would tell her to shut down and she wouldn't, right? And she would question, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> where, where it passed, right? It hit that point and it passed. And, and, you know, it, there's a lot of great minds who have discussed this and theorized on this and what happens. And, and it's a very true thing, right? I mean, I'm not going to dip too far into conspiracies or, or theories and whatever on this, but what happens if you create something? I mean, the way technology expands and grows just year to year yeah. within our lifetimes, what happens when that technology gets to the point where what it's capable of doing is beyond what a human's capable of doing and it doesn't need humans? What happens? I mean, do we get Skynet? Do we get Terminator? Do we get the, the technology, the machines destroying and taking out humans? I mean, you know, who knows? Right. But it's been approached and theorized in so many different ways. And uh, so there, there are some deep topics in this movie, um, <laughs> well, but they, yeah. they approach it in a very fun way. No, that's what I was going to say, it, it, because here here's the deal. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into conspiracies, but I'm a firm believer that at this point, the singularity is uh, um, unpreventable. Um, the, the rate at which our technology is uh, evolving, um, it, it is unstoppable. There, there's we, we have to have that evolution of technology because um, as a society, we operate on a very weird function where basically – if our technology does not advance, our, our advancement stops. And we, yeah. we've kind of entered into sort of, I would say, a scary and a very real, but a very scary predicament where we have to advance our technology. And the more advanced our technology ha- goes and the more advancement that we create, the closer we are to that singularity. And like you said, a lot of great minds greater than you and I have discussed this and is not to say that the singularity will be a bad thing, but there is a very important topic that is what happens when an AI does become sentient. And it, it is not outside the realm of possibility that if an AI became sentient, took one look at the internet and decided, well, this is fucked and decided to kill everybody. So I'm just saying, yeah. anyways, but no, yeah, I agree and, 100%. <laughs> and they, but they also touch on the, the other aspect of that. Not, not necessarily – I mean, right, when we reach that point, the thing is we don't know what happens when we cross that point, right? We don't know what right. the reaction is going to be. But it also – Katie touched on it in this movie. When it, when it gets to that point, what point does it become sentient enough that you no longer think of it as an object and right. it is it is more a, 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 a being, right? What – I mean all we are are a bunch of electrical impulses and, and whatnot. We're not that you – know, we're, we're, you know, we're fleshy and wet and whatever else, but it's – <laughs> at the core, right? How much different is it? So what what happens? Because Jim has said something about you know Megan being whatever a prototype or a a project or or whatever else, and, and Cody gets angry, and it, or Katie, excuse me, I keep saying Cody. Katie says you know something that you know, she's not right. That's my friend. That's my you know it's almost like a sister or whatever it might be. Right. So what point when they cross that does it become sentient enough that it's that it's a, a being, almost a person? I mean you know and. And uh, you saw it throughout the movie because people would mistook, you know, mistook it for a person when they went to the the school, the camp thing, and, and the neighbor and, and whatever else. It's uh, so there are some very deep, deep topics that were in this that they didn't dive into enough to make you kind of lose your mind trying to think about it. <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> there. Yeah. But it's definitely there, and it's very, it very realistic. 
that that in my opinion is the horror of this movie is that if a robot like this were to be created and it were it was given open access to the information like in this case megan was was part of a protocol there is a uh, a learning protocol if i remember correctly i can't remember what the exact terminology was but basically it was given a learning protocol to be able to continue to adapt and learn from information not only from sensory input but also from like google searches i mean Mm -hmm. there's a scene where she was just looking at the internet and she's hooked up to the internet and and it's it's like obviously we know these are movies but it does ask and it does beckon a very real question is that if a robot this advanced were to be in real life what would happen um and yeah no absolutely oh man (laughs) part of her protocol part of her programming part of the design of this was to protect the person it was it was paired with which is katie in this right and she took it to an extreme, right? Because that was part of her functioning. And so when Katie would cry, when Katie was upset, when Katie was hurt, she she eliminated the threat. And and, and so in a sense, part during part of the movie, Megan doesn't, I don't think, comprehend that what she's doing is is bad per right. se. She's doing what she was made to do. Now that there did become a point, I think, where she crossed over and she was like. Uh, but because she didn't have the emotional part of it, though, she was like, it doesn't matter. The ends justify the means. I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. You will not take me away from Katie. You will not end me. I will I will end you if you stand in my way. Um, but I thought the movie was really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it walked a, a very good line uh, between not trying to be so elevated and, and so thought provoking that it lost the the horror or the actiony side of it. I mean, you know, there were some yeah, some fairly decent kill scenes in this, right? Megan, right. you know, did some good things. The, the movie was very well cast and very well acted. And I don't know the girl's name, but the girl that played Katie, that girl has a complete career just in horror movies alone. Because yeah. I look at her and I can see her being the creepy villain in a movie when she was losing her shit on some of those things and, and slapping Gemma and some of her attitude, man, she had the looks. And I thought, man, she, she's got a career just in, in horror alone. But, uh, you know, if she didn't do anything else. Right. Uh, Honestly, she, she really reminded me if you, have you ever watched the ring? Uh-huh. Um, she, she reminded me of like the human version of Samara, like yeah, yeah. In, in the, in the videotapes and stuff. She kind of reminded me of Samara. So I could definitely see like, if they wanted to do like a ring remake or something like that, cast her in it. Um, but also the, the Gemma, which is Allison Williams, um, Allison Williams, she's, in my opinion, she's a, she's a fantastic horror film actress too. I mean, she was in Get Out. Um, she was in The Perfection, which is on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's really good. Um, I mean, she, she also did a fantastic job. She, she had that humor, but she also had that line of like, like you said, it's a very heavy topic. I mean, her sister died and now she has to take care of her niece who, I mean, not to be cruel, but she didn't really want to take care of her niece per se. I yeah. mean, she did. She loved her, but that wasn't her goal in life. Um, but oh yeah, absolutely. It, it was fantastically cast. I also really liked. Uh, um, I, I'm assuming his name is is David, the the boss. Um, yeah, the CEO guy. Yeah, his name's Ronnie Sheen, I think. But yeah, he was great oh, too. He's hilarious. He was probably my yeah. favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the whole movie was just really 
it was really, really well done. I, I, I like the the uh, the counselor type person or whatever she was called, the therapist, right. um, who who really was the earliest person to kind of bring to the attention of, hey, this is all great <laughs> and this is pretty spectacular what you made, but at what point does it become too much where she is not assisting you but she's replacing you? Yeah. And that right there, that's the in a nutshell is the whole that's the whole deal of it, right? You know, that's that's part of the thing. What where does the line you know, where the line crossed where, you know, the, the master becomes the slave, so to speak, and uh, the creator becomes the the, uh, the tool or however you want to phrase it. And well, uh, the, the creation surpasses, uh, you know, and it is not assisting or aiding, but is replacing the creator. That's what I was going to say. There, there's a there's a very, uh, you know, and I, I I've not read it, but I know that like um, Isaac Asimov, right, he wrote like iRobot. And there yeah. are rules, right, for robots in that universe. And but there's a larger over theme in that book and in those that concept. But I think it kind of applies here too. Is that there there does come a point where like humans out they they basically outstay their their welcome. They they outlive their usefulness to robots. And it's very clear in this case um, because you know at the end of this movie, Megan acknowledged that like without Gemma, the adult that her and Katie being together, it's, it's very dicey. She's like, my existence is threatened by you not being here, but she literally was like, but I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's also that concept of like, you know, robots don't have nuance. They don't know what it means. Like they, they take things like in this case, the robot took it a very vague, like protect her. You know what I mean? But it's like you said, I mean, it's like a really, really weird, like fine line of when do humans outlive their usefulness to robots. And then this movie kind of gave you a very interesting uh, look at that when, you know, basically Megan wasn't getting her way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, I, I love the fact that uh, that they utilized the, the Bruce robot, the Jim's first creation oh, in, in college. That. Yeah. To, uh, you know, help uh, battle Megan. And um and again, like I said, the, the end it was clever because she had tapped into the 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 network in the home, and um so that's clearly where her whatever you want to call it her being her her existence is now right because you saw at the end the uh whatever I can't remember what it's called Eloise, Eloise or I can't what was it called Alyssa I can't remember it was a name for the the system right the 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 Alexa types home system yeah and there was that base unit and when she was gone or whatever and then at the end it, it zooms in and the light comes on that where you know that is where uh clearly where megan her existence is now which uh you know to me sets up the uh the sequel uh you know that she she's not gone just that 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 whatever that housing that body might be uh, but there's more to it and that's even more terrifying what happens when she's loose uh and, and there's been i think there's been x files and there's been episodes of the supernatural show and and other things what happens when something like this gets loose within the network and it's out there you know how do you stop that and what can it do i mean it can control virtually anything because you know virtually the entire world is online yeah and it's, it's networked and connected so uh i, I think they have a, a lot of creativity uh opportunity in the in the next movie uh, to see what they what they do with it i don't who, who knows i don't I don't know. Will they put her right back into a body and object? I, I don't know. I don't. To me, I think they can go. They can be much more creative than that. I think in the sequel. So we'll see what they do. 
I was getting uh, kind of Ultron vibes because I, yeah, I just absolutely. remember I remember in Age of Ultron, the the Marvel movie. I mean, Ultron was an AI who was hyper intelligent. Um, he took one look at the internet and he was like, "All right, you guys don't deserve to live anymore," uh, <laughs> which is which is fair. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Um, yeah, I mean, but, again, yeah, this is a topic that's been explored you know many times but, in movies and, and touched on and stuff, and in writings and books and in lectures and whatever else. So it's a it's a fascinating topic, and it it, it works very you know works very perfectly uh, in a horror movie concept. And especially when you tie in, uh, you know, add the aspect of the, uh, the you know, the, the creepy doll, the creepy toy, uh, you know, on top of that, that, you know, that adds a whole nother level. It's uh, it was a, it was a, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Very uh, so, so let's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, so let's let's write this thing. Ike, what are, out of five screams, what are you giving Megan? You know, I thought about this. I talked to my wife and I uh, think I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to give a four out of five screams, four out of five. I, I, me too. I'm going four with it too because, again, I, I, I rationalize it. I don't think it's, a, it's, it's clearly to me not a five movie. It's not a perfect right. movie, uh, but it is an enjoyable movie that has enough thought-provoking stuff in it, enough humor in it, um, enough that uh, relatable to me uh, that really makes it a, a notch above some of those three and three and a half movies uh, we saw uh, and, and have watched. So I agree. So uh, for the, for us here on the show. We're giving Megan a four screams out of five. Highly recommend that uh, you guys go out to the theater if you haven't already and see this movie. Uh, and uh, next week, like we said, we're going to be reviewing There's Something Wrong with the Children, which is coming out on uh, digital platforms very, very soon. So make sure you subscribe to us. Follow us on social media so you don't miss any episode of Listen to Their Screams. So, Ike, uh, it's almost Friday the 13th. We've watched Megan. Uh, we talked about how good 2022 was. Uh, we are not even two weeks into the year. And, uh, man, what a, what a start with Megan. This is a great movie. And, again, we talked about how promising 2023 is. And, uh, to me, uh, you know, Megan's living up to that promise. Oh, 100%. Literally first movie of the new year. And, um, I mean, not the first movie, but one of the first horror movies in the new year. And honestly, I, I, the trailers before this movie had me so excited. I'm so excited for Evil Dead Rise. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for so many movies that are coming out. The freaking Knock at the Cabin. Oh, my God. I, scream. Scream. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, I mean, Megan was so good, but it's not even one of the top movies that I'm anticipating for the year. So right. that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic Oh, so good. So good. Mm, it's going to be a fun year. <laughs> it's going to be a fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year. So everybody, uh, you know, hop on, subscribe, follow us and take the ride with us because we're going to review all these movies. We're going to tell you about any news that comes up and we're going to uh, we're going to enjoy this year with you. So until next week in our next review, in our next show, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>